head on over to patreon.com forward slash severe podcast right now to support the podcast and sign up for our premium content and now here's the podcast graham mcdonald is an idiot sean sheehan of severemma.com he even has the audacity to call himself the quote-unquote pod god this is Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. Severe MMA. The Severe MMA podcast is finally here. Welcome, welcome everybody. It's episode 234 of the Severe MMA podcast. My name is Sean Sheehan, a.k.a. the Pod God and Shawnee Podcast. Joined today by the Jared Way of Irish MMA Media, Graham McDonald. As we talk about... A fabulous night last night in the world of a mixed martial arts. We look ahead to whatever is next for the UFC and Bellator and all them boys. And a big cage warriors card in Cork as well. So we'll talk about that on the podcast. And I'll also have a show uh, over on our YouTube channel during the week. Looking at the whole card. And, uh, you know, 15, 20 minutes or whatever like that. And so you can uh, tune into that as well. Have a longer look at there. Because still a couple of the fights are not announced. Joe McCoggan's fight is not announced yet. I talked to uh, Graham Bynan about that. So... Uh, maybe by the time this comes out, it might be announced hopefully, but I can't even do that show <laughs> until uh, that gets announced. You caused, so, a bit of, you caused a bit of a fight. Me? I wouldn't do yeah, things like that. In- instigator. I, I just ask <laughs> questions. Worse than Hawani. I just, <laughs> I just ask questions. We'll we get to that later on. <laughs> we'll get to all that later on. But let's talk about the UFC as it's kind of fresh in our mind. All right, let's just get straight into it. No foreplay here. What do you think of that stoppage, the doctor stoppage? Uh, absolutely horrific stoppage uh, <laughs> it's absolutely ridiculous uh, after the first round it was bleeding a lot more and looked a lot worse and Diaz actually wiped the like the Vaseline off it seconds before the end of the round ended and the cut man had to do like a real real quick job mm-hmm. and then it, it was under control by the time the, the doctor took a look at it and stopped it and uh, <laughs> just terrible just terrible yeah like Anyone watching the fight, like I watched that fight and I was looking at the eye in the third round and the, you know, the kind of the level of blood that was in it. Nate was wiping it away, if anyone goes back and watched it. He was wiping it constantly about four or five times uh, towards the end of the round. And I think the referee probably, that you know, that's his job to look at that, to see that. But to me, looking at that, I was like, oh, the Cutman's going to have to do a good job. He's going to have to you know, wipe that away. He's going to have to clean that eye and he's going to have to cover it up and try to stop it bleeding. Not for a second that I think the referee is just going to go in and stop it. And he seemed to stop it. Like, Nate went back and they, they worked in his eye. But the referee was kind of there watching him. And he just kind of stopped it out of nowhere. It wasn't the case of, I'm going to examine this eye. I'm going to take... Usually in, in that case, you give you give him the minute to do it. You give the cutman the minute to do it. Or you're you're straight in there straight away. And you're talking. You're chatting with Dan Morgan. You're chatting with everyone. It seems like he didn't chat for that long. He went over to Dan. He said, oh, this fight is over. And Dan stopped it. It was kind of, That was kind of it. Like that, that, in that situation there, you give him the minute um, to, uh, you give him the minute to, to fix the cut. You give the cutman the minute to, to do his work. And then you bring the referee in. You say to, the, or the, sorry, the, the doctor in. The, the referee brings the doctor in. And the doctor, you, you, you know, he calls time, the, the referee. The doctor has his time to look at it. And he decides whether it, it ends it or not. To me, it, it just felt like this doctor didn't know what he was doing. It felt like he'd never watched an MMA fight before. Like this, it, it was a bad cut. Don't get me wrong. But 
those sort of cuts. It was are, a bad cut, but it wasn't anything worse than we've seen like yeah. several times, a lot of times. A hundred. Like Diego Sanchez gets cuts worse than this in every fight. Like Nick Di- I, I, sure, the Diaz brothers yeah, always. Like, always. It's, it's nothing. To, I know you don't take it on on any. You know, you don't give different rules for different people, but like you'd be stopping nearly all of their fights if uh, if you're stopping them for cuts like that. Yeah, like you know, coming into this fight, I probably talked about it last week. I, I did uh, my prediction for the Atlantic and I'd said it. You know, the, the cuts are a big issue with the Diaz brothers and uh, Nate, uh, Nate as well. And you know, we, we'll talk about the fight more and stuff in a second. But like, it feels like the second I thought it's like, oh, this is New York because every time you know they still have uh, they still have um, what's his name Crosby Douglas Crosby referee are judging. It's still in New York very much. Uh, they don't know what they're doing. It's very much that way, I feel. And this seemed to be... Like, I wouldn't be surprised if this was the first time a doctor had ever done uh, an MMA fight. Because, like, there's... You have to go by the, the rules which are normally used in, in you know, in MMA. That's that's what, what we do. And that's why we complained about Herb Dean a few weeks ago uh, when he gave the five minutes for the IPOC that's never given. Like, this was... To me, it was absolutely ridiculous. Now... Uh, <laughs> maybe the UFC are happy about it because they get to draw uh, a rematch out of it and make even more money. Um, but like there was just an anti-climax about it because and we'll talk about the other fights as well. But it was just such a great night of fights, just a brilliant night of fights. And uh, like to me, I was, I was sitting there watching. I was just waiting for the four rounds. See, maybe Candy has make a bit of a comeback. You know, it came completely out of nowhere. Well, Diaz was making a comeback. You know, the third round was was a better round for him. Like obviously the. <laughs> The first round was a horrific round for him. Like it started off really badly, but uh, you know he he, he was kind of having a little bit more success. And fourth and fifth round historically are are where he does most of his best work. So uh, just robbed of a of a potentially really good couple of rounds where where they both would have probably thrown down a lot and would have tested Masvidal a lot and would have. You know, just was 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 a really good fight and was lining up to be really good mm-hmm. championship rounds and uh, like fair enough if it's if it's uh, you know bleeding into his eye constantly and affect, affecting him in the fight, but it wasn't affecting him in the fight. Like obviously it's affecting him a little bit, but it's no more than any other cut that he's had or any other fighters had. Yeah. Um, it looks bad, like this big cut in your head, but it's just it's just uh, cosmetic. It's 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 not a problem. What did you? What what was your rating for the fight? Let me get it that way because I wanted to. Uh, I, what, what did you give it as a rating? Overall, with the with the doctor stopping it and everything. Yeah. <sighs> like a six. Rookie score, but I I, I give it a five point seven. I actually don't think the fight was <laughs> was that good to be honest. I I think it was a one sided beat down. Even in the third round when Diaz made a little bit of a comeback, I think I still think he was getting absolutely destroyed. Like there's a problem with guys like Nate Diaz, even you know guys like Conor McGregor or anyone who we people are like truly invested in, or like a John Jones who they have feelings towards. You know, Greg Hardy is the same for a for a different way. Maybe it's it's weird because. When I look at fights, and we we've answered this question before five times before, uh, very recently on the on uh, on it as well. Like I very much try to look at it, fighter A versus fighter B, and I don't think I've ever, you know, m- maybe someone will disagree with me, but I don't think I've ever uh, got like emotionally invested. Even someone like Wonderboy, who I've really really enjoyed fighting, I I really like you know watching him fight. I feel like I've always tried to call his fights down the middle and things like that, and I th- I feel like. 
I've because I, I've been kind of doing that from the very start, but most people don't. Like most people are a fan of Vidal, and I'm the same. You know, in, in soccer and other sports as well. I fucking hate Liverpool when they scored the last day. I was I was going mad, like, and that's that's a grand reaction for you know for for a fan, but. I feel like even from the media... Well, you're on a Liverpool <laughs> fan for 45 minutes during that period. Yeah, I was. I won money out of him, so fair play to him. But I feel like... When I'm listening to people talking about these fights, I'm thinking, like... At times, it's a fact that I don't want to... Either I don't want to piss this guy off, or I'm just going to say what everyone else is saying, or I'm going to say what the result dictates I should say like that Diaz Pettis fight he did not look good in that fight and he did not look good last night either the, the one thing I'd, I'd say about Nate Diaz which you could say he looked good on there looked like there's an extra bit of a pop in his shots he looked like he was hitting harder and hitting these kind of straight left right down through the middle he's one twos a lot harder than he had uh, previously now he's he you know we saw him against McGregor he controlled really hard uh, that's uh, that uh, one two right down the middle but <clears throat> it looked like there's an extra bit of pop but right from the start he looked a lot slower than Masvidal. He didn't look like he could get his jab going almost at all throughout the fight. Uh, he, he in the clinch, he was. Masvidal was working his body really nicely. As yeah. I heard him a few times. Like I know Diaz dropped to his back at one stage, but he was. I, I think he was definitely hurt by other shots that he kind of covered them up well because there was some big shots deep into his body. Yeah. But do you, do you agree with me about that? Like, there's a tendency to, or we see one result, like Wonderboy as well, like against Pettis, he gets knocked out, and we think, oh, he's done. But he's still a great fighter. Like, Diaz against Pettis, he beat him, and think, oh, he's back. But he didn't look the same. And after, did, did you think there was a, a bit of that? And I didn't really hear yeah, anyone well, say that. I was that. saying about the, you know, I was saying on the betting show that, like, the best odds I've seen in a long time was, was, was Thompson, mm-hmm. because people just think, oh, he lost the. Uh, these two fights in a row, but they don't think, oh, well, actually, the judges screwed him on one and the other one he was dominating and just got caught by a Superman punch from a really good striker, which is, this is MMA, like, you, you can get caught, like, mm-hmm. the best get caught, like, nobody, nobody comes out clean. <laughs> well, like, yeah. not yet. Mm-hmm. I doubt anybody will. Uh, it's just the nature of the game, like, um, yeah, but Diaz, like, uh, it's, like, he was taking a beating, like, and Masvidal, you got to give him credit, he he landed some beautiful shots and he was he was he was very good in there and he 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 uh, he dominated basically uh, completely uh, the first two rounds and then the third round Diaz came a little bit back into it but was still uh, another Masvidal round mm-hmm. and uh, kind of as he said like it's it, it's not his fault or the, <laughs> the doctor fucking blew it like and it kind of takes the shine off what would have been kind of you know another brilliant performance in, a, in the biggest spot of his career so. Uh, Kind of like you know, it robbed us of of the fourth and fifth round. Diaz of a chance of turning it around, and Robert Masvidal of like a huge dominant victory, which he looked like he was on course for. And in in, in his head, he was, you know, he's not thinking I'm going to lose the next two rounds or possibly get finished or whatever. So it's just it's just terrible for everybody. Basically, what the doctor stopping it? Yeah, to be honest, my in my after thinking this is a bullshit stoppage, my initial thing was. I don't think it really matters, you know, and and that's kind of a bullshit thing to say because anything can happen in MMA. But to me, that was such a one-sided beatdown and such a, I don't know, skill disparity, right word, but skill disparity on the night, I think would be <clears throat> would be the right phrase. It was just, it was so easy for Masvidal in there. Like, and just to go through the fight a little bit, I suppose. Like Nate came out and he tried to to pressure Masvidal, but 
Masvidal came back with big shots. He hurt him. Uh, Nate Diaz kind of bent down from one of the shots and he head kicked him and knocked him down. It was a huge kick. Cut him open with that. Almost finished with him. Nate survived <clears throat> and landed a few shots late. In the second round, he was hurt with a right hand, knocked down again. He had a low left body shots, as you mentioned there. And there was a bit of grappling late, but Masvidal did fine. And he got on top of Diaz when he was going for a leg. Uh, in the third, Nate did a little bit better, as you mentioned. He was pressuring. He landed a, a three-piece <laughs> against uh, Masvidal. But Masvidal's power just told. Every time he was throwing shots in him, he was hurting him. Uh, Nate was throwing more shots than he had in any rounds before. But it was the pressure and the, or sorry, the, the power of George was uh, was uh, an issue. It got to the ground late in the third, and Masvidal hit him with uh, you know, five or six big shots uh, of ground to pound on the ground as Nate was kind of throwing hammer fists from his back, which on your Nico Price uh, isn't working for anyone. Obviously, then the, the doctor stopped it. But <clears throat> overall, I feel like... Actually, one question. We, we've talked about Masvidal before, right? Do you think he's kind of turned the corner in his career where now he's a top top fighter I just think yeah he's I actually I think um, maybe he's not a top top fighter but he's definitely at least close and maybe he is a top top fighter like it's kind of as you mentioned Diaz was there for a while and he came back and his timing looked off even though he won in his return and in this fight, obviously, he was robbed of the chance to turn it around, but he, he was dominated in the, the 15 minutes, the 10 minutes especially, uh, the first 10 minutes especially. So it, it, maybe it's because Diaz has kind of fallen off a cliff or or not what he used to be and Masvidal's made strides or maybe it's, you know, it's hard to tell because Ben Askren, you know, we've talked to, we've talked at length about Ben Askren and obviously that's a beautiful knockout, but it's a... Uh, I think to call him a top top fighter, one of the best in the world. I think he needs to to beat a better, more a more uh, established at this moment uh, top of the food chain guy. Mm-hmm. But I think definitely he's he's like you know he's. I think for a lot of years he was overrated, mm-hmm. uh, but I think now uh, it's, it's justified and I, 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 he's at a, a higher level than I thought he was because uh, I kind of wrote off not wrote off the Ben Askren one, but. I, didn't read too much into it because it's so quick and it's Ben Askren, you know. It's funny because looking back, only last week, everyone was, well, not everyone, a lot of people were saying that Darren Till was the most overrated fighter. We'll get to his fighting things. But I actually think, Masvidal, of the last three wins, the, the Till, the Diaz, and uh, the Askren, that the the Till fight was actually <laughs> his best win because Darren Till is a very, very good fighter and he won that fight uh, in a way that kind of proved that he's a top fighter right now or, or getting towards it anyway. The the, the Diaz one, I think it was beaten. Uh, the, the weird stoppage, obviously, and beating the guy who was a shadow of his former self, I think, just not 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 looking like Nate Diaz in there to me. Um, but the Till fight was a, a very very good, and the, you know the Askren fight was over in five seconds. Like the the thing about and it was it was great, like taking nothing away from, him, but it, it doesn't prove him. It's just like McGregor Ronaldo back in the day, it, it proved he can land a big yeah. shot and knock him. It's up. actually funny the way Masvidal kind of pretended like he was going to run at the very start of the first round and yeah, Diaz yeah, kind yeah. of ran that away and it was yeah. kind of a funny moment <laughs> yeah that was very funny um, like the thing about Masvidal is we, we talk about kind of levels in MMA and it, it might sound like a funny thing to say but someone with a better skill set would beat Masvidal like if someone's a better boxer they're going to beat Masvidal if they've, if they've better power and better better boxer they're going to beat Masvidal very very easily but it's very hard to find someone like that. It's increasingly hard. Before it wasn't, but he's improved so much and he's using that power better. Like there's, I think there's, you know, people talk about this this change in Masvidal and change of approach, but it is a real change of approach here because what he's doing is power. It's it, that's all he's doing is changing it up to throw less shots but throw more power shots, 
And that is a very, very good way to fight if you can fight like Maswell, where you don't take too much damage yourself. And when you land, you're landing with a lot of damage. Now, the thing about that is, can he stop the takedown of an Usman or a Colby Covington? And if he, can, if he can, he will beat them on the feet because he's a better striker and he's smarter like that. The, both of those guys, I think, are actually underrated strikers, uh, especially Colby. Now, I think Usman's probably a better striker, but Colby is not as bad as people make out. Um... But if he can stop that, but the thing is, can he stop the takedown? Can he can he stop him dragging him to the ground and, and putting him on his back? That that's a difficult thing, I think, for, for Mansville. But that's almost beside the point, I think. Look, we we had this BMF title, we had uh, The Rock coming in, presenting the title, we had him rocking out with it, we had Donald Trump at Cage side. It was it just felt like a big deal, didn't it? And we don't we don't often have things that feel like a big deal these days, do we? What, what did you think of the whole pomp and circumstance? Yeah, I, I was thinking uh, of how happy you probably were watching The Rock yeah, uh, music play and walk out. How, how happy were you at the time? Uh, 9.8. It was... It was, it was <laughs> what happened to the point, dude? <laughs> I don't know. It was, it was his shirt. He's a weird shirt. But I, I just thought it was great. Like, <laughs> I don't understand why right? people crying, oh, this is ruining the sport, the legitimacy of the sport. Will you fuck off? Will you, oh, God. That's, if people say that, they're just like, you're, you're talking about the sport as a whole for, for, you know, all of time. Go back and look at the sport as a whole for all of time, like, and you can prove that that's absolute fucking bullshit. Like, there's nothing wrong with it. At the end of the day, I've always, my, the way I've maintained it has always been, Whatever you do outside of the octagon in terms of hyping a fight or putting bells and whistles on it or belts or whatever is grand, uh, you know, if it's just a bit of theatrics, like, no problem. As long as the door closes and it's a fight between Fighter A versus Fighter B under MMA rule, no problem. People getting high and mighty and mad and crying and bitching about a, a title, a, a belt and... A famous actor who used to be a pro wrestler walking out with it and put it on someone. If you're getting really mad about that, saying it's killing the legitimacy of the sport, come on now. It's fucking stupid. And I saw loads of people doing it. It's fucking ridiculous. Like, what? no, nobody cares. It was a, it was a very good fight. The, the, the biggest and the biggest issue. So, I, for example, if like you know Tiger Woods or somebody wins the the whatever the green jacket is that what it is mm-hmm. the green jacket mm-hmm. and some celebrity puts it on or some actor puts gives them the, the jacket that's different uh, out of golf golf isn't legitimate oh yeah golf isn't they wouldn't do that because they're, they're very <laughs> like traditional it yeah it's I know but like for example like it wouldn't be like oh golf is dead this is illegitimate now yeah. it's just people are just looking for something to be mad about is Fly Mowder uh, Fly is not a legitimate boxer is he and he's not uh, uh, boxing isn't legitimate because he had Justin Bieber and Triple H him out can yeah. be legitimate like yeah. no that 50 and 0 record doesn't count anymore <laughs> it's a, yeah it's absolutely you did not see him walk out with Bieber clearly come on yeah come on it doesn't count yeah it doesn't count but yeah look overall <clears throat> I what did I give it I gave it um I, I think what did I give 5.7 so my, my rating is a 5.7 would you want to do you think they should run it back um yeah I think so like I'm, like I'm not like you know they need to make this again immediately, but like from the boat guys want it, and it makes sense probably money wise. And uh, yeah, I think I think it's I'm not against it, I'm, I'm not gagging for it either, but I think it will happen. Yeah, I, I do as well. Yeah, I think I think it makes more sense. I don't think Mansville has any interest in fighting for this title once Colby and Usman are there. I just feel like he's more money to be made elsewhere, whether it's 
Uh, if McGregor can get a win in January 18th and fight him or whether it's Diaz again, I think he's happy enough doing that. Can we get some like hardcore matches going with this BMF yeah. belt? We should see WWE have like a... in, in the parking lot. Mm-hmm. Uh, WWE have a 24-7 title now where you can, where you can it's defended at all times. You just need a referee with you. So someone should just show up at Masvidal's house now with a referee and have a fight in the middle of the middle of the fucking garden or something. It'd be, it'd be absolutely brutal. A few thumbtacks, yeah, a bit of a ladder. Be great. Uh, <laughs> right, let's move on. People be triggered out. Why are, why are people so offended by pro wrestling? Like, I, I don't like Star Wars. Never seen it, never wanted to see it. But, like, its existence doesn't offend me. People can watch it, no problem. Why are people offended by the existence of pro wrestling? I, I find, I find yeah, it very, very strange, odd. Yeah. Very odd, very odd. Uh, but anyway, and its connection to MMA as well. It's clearly connected to MMA. Always will be. Look at fucking Brock Lesnar, Kane Velasquez. You know, it's it just is. Uh, Darren Till versus Kelvin Gastelum. As always, my predictions a hundred percent correct. Darren <laughs> Till went out here, won this fight. Are you going to give me an apology? You, your bet's a hundred percent right, weren't it? <laughs> Darren Till won this fight. <laughs> <laughs> well, in our betting show, we actually we got four out of six. So I got two right, you got two right, which is not a bad return. If you bet on them, you definitely would have made money anyway. So fair play to us for that. But what did you, what did you think of this uh, Till Gaslam fight? Yeah, I, pff, I don't know where that 30-27 Gaslam yeah. came for. That was mental. It must have been um, backwards. Like, he must have been giving it the wrong way around. Nah, he's probably just like the Martin Atkinson of, of judging. Go on, yeah. I have I've no reaction just, to that. <laughs> yeah, there is no there is no words to to, to yeah, comprehend what happened uh, in both cases. Like thirty twenty seven is just mental. Gastelum like leaning on it, like not weighing in, and like, what's wrong with the commission? Can they not just watch the guy weigh in, make him weigh in properly? It's not that difficult. Mm-hmm. Like it's actually ridiculous. Like what's going on? Like really, Daniel Cormier. Really care, yeah, it's ridiculous. Uh, these other guys, like Till, we've seen how hard he, this guy has had to suffer to make weight before. It's hard to make weight. Like, you can't just not make weight and just lean on a guy. Mm-hmm. And the commission should be on top of that shit. Like, that's ridiculous. Yeah. It's absolutely ridiculous. Like, yeah, I, I actually agree like, with um, you. Kevin, Kevin Gaslam, though, like, you know, why is he not in shape again? Like, you know, he had to move it up from welterweight because he couldn't he couldn't make the weight because he, 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 well, he must be indisciplined. Like, and now he... Can't make weight without leaning on his trainer and looks a bit tubby in the in the fight and ends up losing a fight that he probably should have won if he if he came in taking it seriously and on weight. Yeah, I last week we were talking about this fight. Uh, I, I mentioned um, I mentioned Inganu versus Lewis, and it turned it was it was maybe the the middleweight version of that because it was a lot better than that. But really, not much happened in this fight. Did the like guess what did Gaslam do? Can you remember one big moment from Gaslam in this fight? Nah, not really. Like in the in the first round, there was a lot of clinching. They were talking about Darren Till feeling his size, uh, and feeling his strength. And uh, Till didn't look particularly great in the clinch, but he didn't lose it in such a way that it mattered. Um, and he won the striking. He hit him with a straight uh, left at one stage. It was a very good shot. Gaslam has a very very good chin. And the second was a bit of a clinch as well. The striking was open around. Till was just moving too much. His feet were very good, and Gaslam couldn't really catch him. Um, there was a few takedowns in the third. Still, you know, Till was still using his lint, his le- a few leg kicks as well. Just not a, not a classic fight. It was when I heard the thirty twenty seven, I was like, yeah, it's a terrible terrible scorecard, but just not much happens. It wasn't it wasn't the worst scorecard I've ever seen, but it was a pretty bad one. It was the worst one night by by a mile, but. 
to me it was one of those fights that if it happened again we might have a totally different fight it just feels like they were both coming off of losses they were both being maybe a little bit more careful than they normally would as I predicted and yeah Gaston just looked not there like he just he, he just looked you don't agree that he looked out of shape and his, his timing yeah, looked he off did. and he, he didn't did. look sharp and yeah. like he only kind of started getting his timing a little bit in the third round I thought like but it was it was too late by then yeah, what, what do you think of the, the shape Till looked That was probably because Till slowed down to kind of his, his yeah. pace by the third round. Um, Till obviously talked about afterwards that he, like, you know, he was struggled badly uh, mentally going into this fight, like kind of nearly trying to think of reasons or faking, fake, fake an injury to get out of this fight. And, you know, he was saying that in an interview afterwards, like, and it's obviously very honest of him. And I think that uh, a lot of fighters think like that, but never say it, so fair play to him. Yeah. But, um, you know, uh, I think there was a lot of pressure on him. Uh, he put on himself going into that fight and maybe that kind of wore him a bit and he kind of tired out and he was kind of more cautious or careful than he usually would have been or w he would have been before when, as he said, he felt invincible before those back-to-back -back losses. Um, it changes. Like, you know, it changes you. We talk about it all the time. Some guys, it's okay, you get knocked out and they come back, they're the same. Other guys, they come back and they're, complete, they're completely unable to pull the trigger for a fight or for the rest of their career. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think it. Yeah, it's true. But I think the thing with moving up and weight these days, when you don't have the, when you have Usada behind you, and you can't uh, have uh, nefarious means by which to get there. We saw it with Max Holloway as well that when he moved up and weight, he didn't look like every fighter in the UFC these days. Bar you know certain uh, examples, they look you know they've they've jacked arms, they've muscular arms, they've you know muscular bodies all over. Till didn't and Gaslam never has, but he's a different he's one of the, the other examples. But Till didn't really look that muscular compared to what he looks like at one seventy. And it it was because he obviously went immediately up from one seventy. Maybe in the next fight now it'll be a little bit different. So maybe that'll be the 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 real Till. But it's funny because we talked about this fight and said it was a, a bad fight for Darren Till and bad matchmaking and I think that still stands even though the way it went but it turned out to be it turned out to be kind of the perfect warm-up fight for Darren Till coming to 185 because he got a handy win here didn't really take too much damage his opponent didn't really put up that much of a fight he made it easy for him really to, to yeah, bet into did, 185 yeah. Yeah. yeah it was a, it was really bad from, from Kelvin like missing weight and then just being out of shape um sloppy in the fight mm -hmm. he only really went for the takedowns when it was too late and yeah. he didn't really get them like he nearly took the back at one stage but he kind of was too sloppy and <laughs> it was just very sloppy everything Kelvin did compared to how crisp he's looked in, when he's on top of his game and when he's in shape and when he's taking things seriously mm -hmm. I don't yeah. know why he wouldn't take this seriously a huge fight co-main event New York Madison Square Garden, like uh, he's one of those just, lads, though, isn't he, Gaston? He and he's good. He just can't rely on him. Yeah, yeah. He, he, just when you think he's turned the corner, he's back to his old ways. Like, mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's very true. Like he, I I remember talking to someone before, and they were, you know about his weight cutting and stuff. And people say he could fight at one fifty five. He's one of those guys. He could just he could get down there, but he's you know basically missing weight at one eighty five. It's that's just the story of Gaslam's scream. I think Gaslam's like a missed opportunity. I mean, he's a fantastic fighter. Almost beat Stylebin or not too long ago, but this is this is really really shows what Gaslam is. Take nothing away from Till because it was a weird fight and he did well to win it. But yeah, it wasn't wasn't great by Gaslam. All uh, right, okay, let's let's just talk about the main event of the evening right now. Stephen Wonder by Thompson versus Vicente Luque. As Ariel Wani would say, as Roy Jones would say, y'all must have forgot. Stephen Tom is Stephen Thompson the best welterweight in the world right now as we speak here on a Sunday? Could easily be. I think you lost a bit of faith in him as well. Wasn't I did. How, how fucking dare you? I never he lost faith He was basically evens, and you didn't pick him as one of your bets. I was shocked. Yeah. 
yeah, I didn't. That was explain that was, yourself. I, I explain picked yourself. him. As, I picked him as my flyer. I actually betting him myself. So no, I, oh, I like talked a, you into it. I talked yeah, you into you it. Yeah, you kind of did talk me into it. But yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, he, 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 I didn't pick him as one of my bets, but I got two of the three bets right anyway. But so I'm not doing that. You lost faith in your boy. Uh, now you're back that he has another win. Uh, the commentary was terrible. I thought they were. Yeah, they hadn't a clue what they're talking about. Like uh, first round, it's a fight. You're going to get hit the odd time. Like every time he got touched, they were acting like he was about to go down. Uh, oh, he's rocked. He's rocked. Rogan was shouting on one side, and, mm-hmm. and he wasn't at all. Uh, uh, it was like they were looking for something that wasn't there. Yeah, he just absolutely and utterly pieced him up. I can't believe one judge gave uh, Luke the first round. I saw some people say it was a close round. Red. Ridiculous! And they showed the numbers afterwards that Luca had landed like seven more shots or something. Was like, yeah, seven more. What kind of shots was he landed? Like Wonderboy was absolutely piecing up. His bloody face went in the first like twenty seconds of the fight, hitting him with huge straight lefts right down through the middle, kicking him to the body, just hurting him with every. But significant strikes is like doesn't even mean what it, yes. it sounds like it should mean. It's 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 just any strike from distance. It doesn't have to have any power in it or anything. Like it's just. Awful, awful uh, stat. Yeah. Or they keep putting up and changing people's opinions on what's actually happening. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the amazing thing about Wonderboy is, though, is like, it's his ability to take the fight where he wants it almost at all times. Like, even in the fights he's lost, uh, the Woodley fight, the Till fight, he would, they were fighting his fight and it turned into a close fight because they were so ultra defensive. And you know, t- out of three of those, uh, two of those three fights, people probably thought he won and the other one was uh, was a very, very close fight as well. Maybe even all three of those fights, you know. It was, it, it, when you fight Wonder by a times and you're a very, very high-level good fighter, it's going to be close. But when you're... And we talked about this in the betting show and probably last week as well, but when you're Vicente Luque, who's a very, very good top 15, top 20 fighter, and you're fighting Wonderboy, that's a different level. That There's there's no... Big, like, there's... Between top 15 and top 50 is a smaller difference between top 5 and top 15. Like, there's a big, big difference in, in most weight classes. And Wonderboy is that. Like, Wonderboy... He, people people forget he, he absolutely smashed Rory McDonald, Tyron Woodley in his pomp, two very, very even fights with him, destroyed Masvidal, if people forget who, who was fighting last night. Uh, just a, an unbelievable fighter. M- maybe the best... Don't forget your boy Dan Stigen. Dan Stigen, yeah, the best knockout of all time. Maybe the, <laughs> maybe the best fighter in UFC history to never win a belt. What do you think of that one? Do you think that's, uh, Ooh, think that's true? Yeah, he, he could easily be... Uh, Nobody comes to mind. Like he, I thought he should have won. I thought he won against Woodley the first time. Um, so I thought he deserved to be a UFC champion. Uh, he still could be, you know. Uh, I'd love to see him fight Usman. Yeah. He's a very hard man to take down because of the angles and uh, how dangerous he is and how good he is at setting the range and the, the distance. And um, yeah, like, uh, like I don't know what people... What I don't know why, you know, obviously two losses in a row fair enough but why were the odds so so bad against Thompson people just think he's no chin now because he got yeah. knocked out once in his whole career like my thing last week I don't understand though, what's the what's the thinking I don't I, I don't know I suppose the thinking was is his head still in the game you know cause it, that yeah. can happen to a lot of people did, did that loss against Pettis kind of took him away from title but like, no disrespect to Luke but like this is Wonderboy Thompson yeah yeah, but Wonderboy Thompson is only Wonderboy Thompson as long as he's Wonderboy Thompson. You know, you know, if he if he stops training and if he is, you know, more more about running his gym or whatever than he is about 
wanting to be the best in the world, he'll quickly go downhill and it's the same rules for everyone just because he's such an excellent fighter and has been for years. The, the rules aren't changed for him. But yeah, he's go downhill and not, maybe not be able to beat the elite of the elite, but Vicente Luque. Mm-hmm. Like, it's an even fight according to the, the bookies' odds. Like That's just craziness. That, that was ridiculous. And look, look, he proved that. He just... Absolutely pieced him up, and he's he's back in there now. Um, right, Derek Lewis against Belay Ivanov. Not not a, not a classic fight. Uh, close. Lewis, though, he's looking a bit, he's, he's looking, looking better, in decent yeah. shape, you, isn't he? He is. Yeah, he's looking in decent shape. His skill set has improved an awful lot. Do you think that'll actually? He has, a bit, of, he has a bit more combos now and stuff. Mm. I don't know. Like, yeah, there's there, maybe there's not going to be that, as much power behind the shots, but there'll be more shots. Um, yeah. Uh, he looked terrible on the ground at times, but just kind of used his bigness and his Stood strength up, yeah. to just stand up. <laughs> yeah, he's just a, he's just a beast, basically. Yeah, he is. Your man had even a Americana once there. He was like, "Fuck it, I better get out." Up, like, <laughs> yeah, just just stand, stand up. up. <laughs> it was brilliant. He was he's some legend. But uh, the first round was uh, was relatively close. Lewis won the second. He hurt him bad at one stage, even off of some fucking chin in him. Relatively close start to get. Uh, Third again, uh, Lewis looked better in the clinch. Yeah, he made um, a few funny faces after he got hit with a few big shots, he but uh, he took them very well. He did. His cardio looked a lot better. He wasn't breathing or holding his back or his stomach or anything in the third round. He was still throwing. I think that's what held him back though from getting the finish. Yeah, I, I, I honestly think his improvements <laughs> in skill will will not benefit him. I think they'll make him a, war, a worse fighter, to be honest. And maybe last night wasn't the best example because he did. Maybe well. they could just keep him like really heavy and just like get him really good cardio. Yeah, I I don't think it's the cardio or him being heavy. I I I think it's the skills. I feel like him attacking the clinch and using his size won't help him against better fighters. Um, I feel like he, Lewis has his best way to win against good fighters by just throwing the kitchen sink at him by just, just throwing, throwing fucking bungalows yeah. at him for you know 30 seconds of each round that's the best and Derek Lewis still did that a little bit but he tried to win the other parts of the fight as well which you know for any other fighter I'd say you that's the right way to do it if you're dominating all areas of the fight you're, you're doing the right thing but not Derek Lewis <laughs> I mean like he's a different beast but fair play to him back and he, he won it again so well, well done to Derek Lewis um Din came. Your boy, Kevin Lee. Kevin Lee. I should, I, I should play the tape back here. If you saying that fucking Gillespie beat him in the feet. How, how did that turn out for you? I, 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 I did say that you, Kevin Lee would be dangerous early. Uh, uh, I thought yeah. more, more really, the rear naked choke would, like, would be like kind of his go-to move. But uh, Kevin Lee did look like a bit more, you know, a bit less big, a bit more... In f- body looked a bit better for fighting rather than bodybuilding. Apart from that staff uh, infection on his chest, see that? Yeah, yeah. Again, um, I don't know what's going on there, but uh, Gregor Gillespie, yeah, uh, he, he he looked sloppy. Um, he didn't set up his eighth attempts. The ones he went for, uh, he, he did land a few shots, but he was he was losing nearly all the exchanges and obviously got uh, head kicked and finished. Yeah, pretty quickly. It. To me, this was a very, very wise, smart game plan for Kevin Lee and Gregor Gillespie showing that he's not there yet because he couldn't switch it up at all. 
Uh, like Lee came out with that squat stance that we saw with Ally Quinta had against Tabib. He did a better job of Ally Quinta of throwing his jab and getting it out there. Gillespie did not kick the leg once. And I was looking, I was like, the leg is right there. Kick it. Kick that fucking leg. What's the worst that can happen if you I think he did kick leg? it once, did he? I, I don't know. Maybe once, but not, not that many times. When you're that Same leg news. is <laughs> when that leg is sticking out there, like really sticking out there, and you're a fantastic wrestler. And Kevin Lee's not going to try to take him down. Unlike, and if he does, it's just going to be a scramble and it's going to benefit you anyway. And he didn't kick it once. I couldn't believe it. I was watching. I was like, kick the leg. Like, I was like, what, what are you doing here? I, I couldn't believe it. He went for one takedown. He was stopped and he didn't go for another one. Just started striking. It felt like he just said, right, I'm, I'm just going to get into a striking match up here with, with Kevin Lee. And that was a bad idea. <laughs> Kevin Lee is a very good striker. People, y'all must have forgot. Again, there, I'm going to throw out the, the Ariel Wani again. He is a very, very good fighter. Like, make no mistake about it. Like, the counter to that jab that he threw, the right hand over the top, just a lovely little step in through the high kick yeah. with his left leg. Brilliant. He's always been dangerous early, though. Like, you know, he caused Ferguson a lot of problems early as well. It's just, it, it kind of can all fall apart pretty quickly and, and the cardio goes. And, you know, maybe he sorted that. Like, maybe if he can get rid of all these staph infections and all the, like, I don't know what the fuck's going on. Like, mm -hmm. Um, hey, it's gonna happen again, like I don't know, like a year later or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, Kevin Lee's like he, he has a lot of tools, but it's just putting it all together for 15 or 25 minutes that seems to be the problem. Yeah. But like, you know, he comes out and looks very impressive in these fights. But maybe if you give him, you know, one of the other kind of upper echelon guys, he'll look dangerous early and then it'll all fall apart. Mm -hmm. When we all fall apart, Graham, where do we go? As, as, the, as the famous Billy Eilish once said. Uh, but yeah, look, to me, and I, it's a little bit with Americani as well, I think the fight IQ was the problem for Gregor Gillespie here. And yeah. it's maybe he didn't know where to go after the fight didn't go right for him early. He just, it felt like you, he, 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 he reminded me a little bit of, and this is the worst thing you could say about a fighter, but I, I'm going to say it anyway. Do you know Man United when they're like going forward and they're like attacking nonstop and they just can't break them down? They just lose ideas? No, uh, they're just defend and continue goals. No? That's true. But <laughs> that's what he reminded me of. He's, like there was nothing. He was he. He just he like Greg Gillespie's a great fighter. He gets gets you in a body lock, pulls you to the cage, pulls you down. Habib style, just a fucking animal like that. And he not once in that half round did he get near doing that. And that's an issue. Like that is a big issue when someone can come in with a good game plan and just take you out of your game completely and utterly. That that's a big issue for him. I still think Gillespie's a very good fighter. If he can change that up, if he can, you know, find better ways of getting inside, of making it the fight that he needs to make it, he can still be a very, very good fighter. He still has championship potential. Yeah, it's his even. first loss, like, yeah. you know, uh, 14 fights in. And a lot of guys come back a lot better after their first loss. Uh, they kind of see the holes in their game or the holes in their, their game plan or their their abilities or their, their techniques mm -hmm. and maybe even their mentality and nutrition loads of different things that you reassess after a loss and you, you kind of can can improve on mm -hmm. so i definitely wouldn't write him off yet like uh, absolutely not yeah like kevin he's a really dangerous guy especially in the in the opening round yeah very very good uh, um all right we, we'll get back to the, the beast and fight in a second but the american fight i mentioned it there um what do you yeah. think of that fight it was a, it was a good fight <laughs> wasn't it? it was a relatively close he was winning fight. like and yeah. and he just gassed it completely uh basically uh body shots as well obviously don't help but I don't know he, he, he's gotten tired in nearly all of his fights that have gone long um, 
he, he's expending too much energy when he's grappling. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, it's just a cardio thing, I think. Is it, that, could, that, that was going to be, that was going to, like, if he had the cardio, that would, that would have been a really close fight. Like, it would have been a decision and it could have went either way. But because he just gassed it completely, he kind of, he just, he just lost the fight, basically. I agree to a certain extent, but to me, it's and I might be I might be wrong here. Maybe he'll he'll uh, be able to all play. he needs, you know, all he needs is like one takedown in a round, and he can control on top even when he's very tired. Yeah, he does. But I feel, I feel like he he was thinking that in his head, and he was winning the striking for the first round and a half, and I feel like he said. Oh, there's too much strike in here and I need to change it up and he need to go for the takedown. And then when he couldn't get the takedown... Maybe he could feel himself getting tired or... Yeah, but I don't know. I feel like in that situation... And maybe maybe it's wrong because you know we saw Ben Askren last week and he said oh, I thought it was winning the the striking so it's it's hard to know maybe he's you know maybe John Gavin in the corner so maybe he did tell him maybe he just got tired but in that situation I feel like when your game plan is to go in there and wrestle someone and you do it for the first round but then they get back up and you're winning the striking and you go for another few takedowns and you can't take him down at that point I think you should go right the striking's going well for me I'm just going to continue striking here. But to me, it felt, and you know, it might be a cardio issue, but just for me watching the fight, it felt like Amir Kenny was like, "I need this takedown, or this fight's getting away from me. I have, to, I'm not, I'm not winning the striking." It felt like he just kind of lost the head a little bit, and someone would. Yeah, there was some seriously yeah. desperate, desperate takedowns in there, like weren't set up at all. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, he kind of, yeah, a better game plan. He, he still could have won that fight even with the. The cardio problems. Mm-hmm. Uh, lots of people in the third round, like five or six people tweeted me saying, "Should John Kavanaugh turn in the Yeah, what the, do you think so? I don't think so. Not at no, all. Absolutely no. not. It, it was a good stoppage. I think it was Keith Peterson in there. Uh, he was getting beaten, but it wasn't a situation. There was no like, to give massive him shots. Were like, no. yeah, there was, like, there was no like, oh, this is going to affect you going forward. Yeah, I, I think that's just kind of you're just really tired. Like, yeah, that chat came up last in week. a close fight where you, you mm-hmm. if you get a takedown, you could win. Like. Uh, <laughs> It's crazy talk. There was a spot in the Diaz fight where I thought with Diaz's corner they might draw it in at one stage. The first round, was it? Such a not, not in the first round particularly, but in, I think it was in maybe this one stage in the third round maybe near the end of it. Um, but it, it didn't come in. I don't, I don't think it was any right situation, but um, yeah, I, I don't think it came in here. Just, it was a good no, it fight. wasn't one of them where it's like either of them weren't where like... Uh, Oh, it's, uh, you've let the guy down by not throwing in the towel. Yeah, I, I agree. Yeah, hundred percent. And Bur- look, Burgos looked good in this fight as well. After a tough first round, came back and winning. I thought Amir Kenny's striking looked better than it has before. He's John. John Kavanaugh talked about his technique with Ari, and I, I agree that he he looked better. So uh, if he can get maybe that issue of confidence, maybe or maybe it's cardio, whatever it is, sorted. They're still a very good fighter in uh, in Amir Kenny. So they're playing him in Burgos, obviously. And your, your boy Brad, Brad Tavares. Well, hold on. Before we get to that, uh, Corey Anderson, Johnny Walker. Oh, sorry, yeah, yeah. My boy Johnny Walker got down there, but I did pick Corey Anderson in fairness. This was, you know, we talk a lot about hype trends being derailed. <laughs> this one got seriously off the rails there. I think he'll come back, but it was brilliant by Beeston, wasn't it? He just, he literally did beast him 25 hours of the eighth day of the week, wasn't he? Brilliant. <laughs> yeah, it was it was very good performance. I liked his... Uh, Celebration afterwards and yeah. kind of he, he like apologized for it. Now. It, 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 it was a little bit disrespectful yeah. because the guy was kind of like Johnny Walker, kind of like what the fuck's going on. But mm-hmm. I like the the this up to the crowd and all that. That was that was good because we don't really see much personality from Corey Anderson usually. Yeah, I think that that's kind of why we saw it. it kind of got to him a little bit. <laughs> He's like, "Fuck you," because everyone was expecting him to lose and get smashed in this fight. Apart from me, obviously. Um, but 
it, it was funny because watching back this fight, um, he stunned him over the top with a with a big right hand, and I I actually don't think he was that hurt from that. He kind of it kind of just stunned him a little bit, and Johnny Walker immediately not maybe not recovered is the right uh, term, but he started clinching up on him. He was doing the right things. He was looking for the single leg. He was pushing him back. Got in a bit of a clinch. But then um, Anderson landed three huge uppercuts, and I think that was what really changed the fight. That's where the stoppage came from, rather than the right hand over the top. Um, he hit him with a right hand. Then as they broke, uh, and he it was that that straight right right down through the middle after those three uppercuts and another few shots in between was just brutal. And uh, Kevin McDonald, my boy, stepped uh, stepped in and stopped it in a standing standing TKO or a standing KO in early even a good stoppage. No, absolutely nothing wrong with that. But like. Uh, Brandon Gibson, the the trainer of the the striking trainer of John Jones, tweeted last night that um, Walker has all the offensive attributes, but defensively, it's a big big issue. And that you know that really showed in this fight. That right hand came right over the top. He just didn't get. He didn't look like he was stopping. It looked like he was just waiting there, waiting to be stopped. If anyone's had a Kovalev fight last night, it wasn't as bad as that. But he was hurting. He just took that shot, and those are the worst shots. Like and. As I said, I don't think it particularly kind of knocked him out or anything, but it stunned him badly and was kind of the start of the beginning of the end. Um, but Anderson, you have to give him credit. Like, at the way ends watching it, he was the same size as him. And when someone is the same size as someone as big as Johnny Walker, I think that's a huge benefit for him. Then the skills come into play more than more so than ever before. I think he's a better technical striker, a better wrestler, a better grappler. He doesn't have the power of Johnny Walker, doesn't have the... The athleticism of Johnny Walker doesn't have the, the the madness of Johnny Walker, and that could have showed, and Walker could have won in that way. But Anderson fought a smart fight. He didn't get caught up in a brawl. He didn't get caught up in all the theatrics of Johnny Walker moving his hands around and doing things. He stuck to his game. He threw the, the simple right hand over the top, hit him with it, and that was the, the beginning of the end. It was. I I, I like Beeston. He's a, he feels like he's a guy who's improved an awful lot over the years. Massively improved. Yeah. Massively improved. You have to respect that, don't you? Like he's he's improved in all areas since we first saw him come into the UFC, and he, he, he obviously it's a huge win from here and a big card and a, a very impressive win. And as I said, like uh, the reaction, even though he ended up apologising for it, is good because it shows personality and people will uh, remember you a bit more if you. If you're just quiet afterwards and do nothing, obviously people aren't going to remember that. But if you kind of go around shushing everybody and screaming in your opponent's face, people will remember that. And you need to stand out in this game, like uh, especially when you're on a big card like this. And I don't know what the pay per view numbers are going to be. It's obviously <laughs> John Jones. I think was trying to figure out how to on Twitter trying to figure out how to order it. Mm-hmm. Um, and complaining and asking who he can kick in the dick about uh, about this. Um, so. <laughs> yeah, so uh, I don't know what the numbers are, but you know uh, you got to take every opportunity you've got. But you, like you're a private, you're like a personal bit. Like the UFC don't care about you if you if you if, even if you're winning and you know winning decisions and not saying anything and creating no buzz, they they can they'll cut you. Like you know Norman Park, John Fitch, people like this just like got caught yeah. even though they're winning like you know you, you got to make a statement and Corey Anderson is kind of a middle of the road guy up until recently and he, now he's making making himself one. Somebody that would be valuable to the UFC. Yeah, and he was actually on the the prelims as well. So he he maybe got the benefit of that because people were tuning in to see all the pay per views starting here. I see UFC on, so he probably actually got the benefit of yeah, that. Probably the, the, the main event of the prelims. Yeah, the main the event of the prelims. Yeah, so he was in actually probably in the best, but he could have been rather even better. And like than you the know, a good fight like that sells some pay per views. Yeah. People are on the fence about it. 
I see a knockout. I think it was an upset, was it? Or was it not? Yeah, I think it was, yeah. And the, uh, the thing about that, that fight as well, isn't it? Because we were talking last week, and I think we said if Johnny Walker wins, he'll get the title shot. But if Corey Anderson wins, he probably won't. I think maybe that might be a little bit different now. Like, if you told someone a year ago, you got to win over Chris White, or maybe longer than a year ago, but you, one guy gets to win over Chris Weidman, another guy gets to win over Johnny Walker, and the guy with the win over Johnny Walker, and, and you know both of them are devastating finishes, and the win over Johnny Walker looks better in retrospect. I think you know, people would have probably laughed at you, but I feel like it is that way. Like, the story after that Reyes-Weidman fight was... Uh, it was the same card as a Greg Hardy, so it was washed over a little bit. And then it was Weidman has kind of gone. He's not the same fighter as he was. It was it was all about Weidman. But this story was all about Anderson. Because of that reaction, as you mentioned, because of the unbelievable knockout, and because of the, just the way it happened. Uh, and, you know, I, I, thought, I thought it was going to be Reyes if he won, if uh, Anderson won last night. But I feel like Anderson might have just done enough. That was an impressive performance, impressive afterwards and everything. So, well, maybe not impressive afterwards, but memorable afterwards. So, fair play to him. He did, he did a good job. Um, right, let's move on. A few more fights on this card. But, yeah, but, well, even uh, if people are yeah. like, oh, that's disgraceful, I don't like that, then they at least have some kind of him. emotion towards you rather than just being that's absolutely it. no emotion towards you. That's it, 100%. Uh, on the undercard Hakim Dawudu got a good win over Julie Arce Lyman Good looked absolutely fantastic a beautiful uh, jabbing performance against Chancellor and Contra Caitlin Chukagan just another boring nothing fight again against Jennifer Maya she's going to be fighting Valentina Shushinko God almighty uh, and in the the last two fights there on the, uh, on the undercard who do you think Noah McGrath's going to pick in that fight oh Jesus Jessica I? <laughs> <laughs> Paul Felder. <laughs> Paul Felder, yeah. Bam Bam Healy, maybe. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> the other two fights did on the card. Uh, Jerry Rosenstruck knocked out uh, Andrew Holofsky in 29 seconds. This guy, I, he's not a, he's not going to be a great MMA fighter. I don't you know. Maybe he can improve. Uh, but I feel like as long as you stay on the feet with him, you're probably going to get knocked out. Anyone, apart from maybe a Francis or a, a Steep or a DC, maybe. But you, if you're his next three or four opponents, you need to just immediately go for a takedown because this guy is too smart. His striking is too good. His hands are too crisp. Um, but in other areas, he we've seen it in a, not his last fight, the fight before that. We've just seen him pushed against the fence, taken down, and he he is lacking there. Now maybe he's improved. We haven't seen it. Obviously, his last fight only went to combine like thirty two seconds or something like that. So uh, we haven't seen him in there very very long. But <laughs> when you're like Arlovsky and coming out with this big lunge and punch and leaving yourself wide open and getting caught, that's not going to work. against Gary Jardizinho Rosenstrick. And maybe I was a bit harsh on him last week as well. Um, and I, I thought Arlovsky would win, so I was I was wrong on that count for once in this card. But I think I got every other fight almost right in this card, so not too bad. Uh, my boy, Edmund Shabazian. Doubt me now, says Coach Tarverdian. Doubt me fucking now. The king is back. Nothing is impossible. Nothing is impossible. What? This guy's the real <laughs> deal. All, all jokes aside, he is the real deal, isn't he? He's fucking brilliant. Yeah, he, look, he, looks, he looks the real deal, but, you know, obviously there's a few step-ups to come. Uh, Arlovsky's he's a legend of the division and a former champion and all, but like his, his heyday is long gone. Mm-hmm. Um, I see. I, I think we're going to see some some questions asked of uh, the rest of uh, Edmund's game, Edmund's game. Mm-hmm. But uh, but obviously, it's very impressive. His last, you know, he, he can only beat what's in front of him, and he's doing it extremely impressively, uh, devastatingly. So. Uh, 
yeah, like he he looks he looks smooth, uh, but we just we just haven't seen questions asked of other parts of his game. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, before in another of his fights, I think his wrestling has been shown to be very, very good. And there was no wrestling here last night against Brad Tavares, who was a good technical striker as well. But we talk about the the jabbing awful lot in this podcast. I saw lots of jabbing last night. Lyman Good, brilliant. The, uh, Corey Anderson threw a brilliant jab. And his jab here, he was just flashing the jab into that face. Hit him with the right hand over the top. Flashed the jab again. Hit him with the head kick KO. Absolutely brilliant. He took his time early as well. Didn't rush it. You know, lots of guys in that situation in that first big fight of your career, they you know they they might wilt. They might you know it might just go for him because of the their mentality. But he didn't give a fuck. He went in there and he fought uh, very very well and 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 won. And he's a contender. Make no doubt. I'd love to see him fight Cannonier. Might be a little bit early for him, uh, but I feel like that's a good fight. So fair play to Edmund Shabazzian and, and all that team. Right, let's move on. We'll go quickly through this UFC card for next week, and then we'll get to uh, to Cage Warriors. Um, uh, on the undercard, we have uh, the likes of Carl Robertson on it, Abu Bakar, Nur Magomedov, obviously, as we, we'd know fairly well, Davy Grant that we saw in the Ultimate Fighter a few years ago, um, uh, Rusim Kavalov is back here uh, as well, and then on the main card, we have Ramzan Imaev versus Rocco Martin, which wouldn't be a bad fight, I don't think, Hot Chocolate, Danny Robertson here against Zilim Imaev, uh, and in the, the top two big fights, Alexander Volkanovsky versus Greg Hardy. Let's talk about that first. What do you think of that fight? Do you think... Um, do you think Greg it's Hardy not Volkanovski, is it's Volkov. Volkov, yeah, sorry. Yeah. What did I say? Volkanovski? Sorry, Volkov, yeah. Do you think Hardy has any chance against Volkov? He has a small chance because he's so powerful, but uh, I think I think it's gonna be he's, he's probably gonna get knocked out fairly. Yeah. Like if Greg Hardy just goes for the knockout in like the first ten seconds of the fight, he could get it. But if it goes long if this goes longer than a minute, I can't see Volkov not absolutely fucking destroying him. I just think he'd be too good. His jab will be too good. He'll fuck him up and probably knock him out in the first couple of rounds. So it's actually been changed as well. So the Megamed Sharapov versus Cater fight is the main event, which is probably wise because I don't think anyone wants to see Greg Hardy go five rounds at this stage of his career. So, uh, yeah. Look- three rounds, though, the main event will be, yeah. Is it three rounds, is it? I think oh, so. Yeah. Oh yeah, they actually said that in the yeah they said that on the uh, the thing last night. So yeah, look, they're they're probably right to do it. So uh, yeah, three round headline. Just reading it here. Yeah. So Zagabi Zabit Megamed Sharipov versus uh, Calvin Cater. We talked about this last week. Someone asked us what fighter we look forward to the most, or maybe a couple of weeks ago. Uh, and this was the fight we said. I just think it's a it's a very very good fight. Obviously, we know Sharipov Megamed Sharipov. His wrestling is fantastic. His striking is brilliant. He has maybe lacks a little bit of power, but his technique, his ability to pick a shot is brilliant. Then Cater, he has that power. You know, he is, uh, you know, nine knockouts in his career out of out of twenty wins, so almost half his fights. His last three wins in a row in the UFC have been by uh, by KO knocked out Shane Burgos, who we saw last night, knocked out Ricardo Lamas, knocked out Chris Fishgold. So this guy, he's a very very good fighter. He has power in his hands, especially that um. That Lamas one, it was just a devastating, uh, a devastating shot in, and all of his fights really carry so much power, and it's going to be interesting to see where this goes. You know, how how will the grappling battle look? As Cater uh, is a very good grappler as well, and so is Megamed Sharipov. Will Cater be able to get inside and catch him? We've seen Megamed Sharipov caught a few times uh, in his UFC career so far, but it's been utterly dominant, kind of other other than that. But this is this is a big step up for him as well, and this is a real contender fight here. I'm I'm really looking forward to this. Are you? Yeah, I am. Yeah, this is this is definitely a big step up for uh, for both guys, really, but for de- especially for Zabit because 
as you mentioned, Qatar's coming off like big finishes over Lamas and Fishgold and before he, before his, his loss to Mike Cano, who who obviously is a very well respected fighter, like he was a favourite against Aldo after 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 that. Like so uh, you know, Andre Feely's another really good fighter. Like, you know, he's he's fought kind of more steady steadily, he's fought more the top more talented guys than than Zabit. But Zabit it's hard to look past him in this fight. He's just so well rounded and so so good, so good on the ground, so good on the the feet. Obviously, he he takes some shots, and that's dangerous against a guy a guy like uh, Calvin. But uh, I just, I just, uh, it's, it, I, I think I think Zabit will just have too much everywhere. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. I th- I think Zabit will win as well. But I think it'll be a, I think it'll be a good fight. Uh, right. Uh, also next week there's a, actually a KSW card as well uh, with Marzek Pujanowski fighting Irko Gunn in the in the headliner. That's so that should be. Uh, that should be a very, very good fight. Boris Mankowski, who we've seen a lot of recently as well, is fighting Vaso Bakchev. And that card, Damien, Damien Saziak, who we've seen a lot around recently as well, is, is fighting there. Daniel Torres, uh, Alexander Illich, and a few more fights as well. So that should be a, that should be a good card there uh, as well. Bellator also have a card. Bellator 233, uh, John Salter versus Costello Van Stienis. You know, a lot of people around here especially have talked about Van Stienis and how, how good he is. Molowal making his comeback here after uh, being... Uh, retired there for a while. Leslie Smith after her robbery in the last fight coming back. Uh, so yeah, not not a not a fantastic card. Kyle Crutchmere is on the undercard here. He's a top prospect coming through. But um, yeah, not not a fantastic card there. But we'll, we'll be looking forward to it anyway. Sure, we see what happens. There's a one championship fight as well. One championship, one or two. Um, and there's I'm sure there's some fights on that that people will talk about and care about. But what we're going to talk about here for the last while of the podcast is Cage Warriors. One one zero, which goes down in the place where I did some of my exams in college in uh, Neptune Stadium in Cork. What you what you think of the, the card overall, Graham? What's your initial thoughts coming in uh, here as um, we talk about it? Yeah, it's it's great for for Irish gym. Maybe I always talk about the lack of cards and the need for for cards to be put on. And you kind of you ask Graham Budden about the extra cost, and he's I think if I remember right, he's kind of said there is no extra cost. But I don't know why he said that because. I don't know. Maybe you know there's something going on that we don't know about. But having a trauma room on on standby there, I suppose maybe Cage Warriors have that anyway in England. Yeah, well, Niall talked to him and he put out a tweet. His audio was fucked up, so I'm not sure. I think PT might have uh, said it to him as well because the way I, uh, he talked about, you know, the logically we think every Irish card coming up will be under the auspices of the uh, IWMWA. Uh, but I don't know if Cage Warriors is. I can I asked him about the extra costs and I asked him about what's the difference. And he kind of just didn't really answer the questions and kind of dodged a little bit. But I think the lads asked him as well. Maybe he got a b- better answer. So I think he'll be on... Uh, I, I don't know if PC's releasing the interview yet or, or what, but maybe he'll be talking about it on that. But that's an interesting thing as well. If that is... You know, if that is the case, and I suppose we'll be down, I'll be down in Cork on Saturday, so I can ask him about that uh, again. But, yeah, look... <laughs> what, what, <sighs> yeah, try and stir up some more controversy. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm trying not to stir up controversy now, because I want the car to happen. Hopefully hopefully it does happen. Um, but yeah, he said, like I asked him about the, the relationship with John Cavan, he said there's, there's no relationship there. There's no SPG HQ guys on the card as well. So, you know, we saw the, the back and forth, I suppose, between them. But I looking at you know looking at this card... It is kind of the people who are maybe not getting a chance, who are not getting on those Bellator cards, who are 
getting chance to see her. You know, we see the likes of Cahill Manning on the undercard, Jack McGuire making his uh, MMA debut, Eric Nolan versus John Mitchell, which would be a good fight, Decky McAleen and Andrew, Andrew McGahan's boy, um, Kieran Mulholland, Paul Lawrence, who's, I believe, 4 1 in his career now as well, all getting fights in this card. So that's very important for yeah, guys Eric like Eric Nolan those. was in that ridiculously, ridiculously good fight uh, back and forth with Lee Hammond, an amateur. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's always in an exciting fight, Eric Nolan, as well. So. Um, yeah, it's, it's great for Irish MMA to to have this card. Uh, you know, the the kind of main Irish guy, uh, Reese McKee, obviously uh, in the main event, mm-hmm. moving up to welterweight uh, recently. And you look at one of the guys he beat recently, in Joy Herbert, and how well he's doing. It just kind of shows what level Reese is on. And I think maybe like, which fight was it the the Joy Herbert fight that you, you were you were saying it was the best performance of. Of an Irish man, yeah, was it that fight? Yeah, I think, I think it might have been one of his fights recently. Anyway, since you know, since Conor McGregor, he looked, he. I asked him about that when I interviewed him at the weekend. How like he just looks so cool and calm in there and and situation. Yeah. And, but know, what I was gonna say is like, oh, like there was such excitement and he's he's obviously very talented. But I don't, the hype seems to have kind of died or or not died, but like simmered down a lot uh, around him. Yeah, I, I I don't know why that is. Maybe it's because. I don't know, maybe because this card is happening in Cork and <laughs> not happening in Dublin. You know, I don't think he's particularly the most exciting guy in the Like, he's a really nice guy. He gave, gave a good interview for me, but like, I don't think he really likes uh, social media. I don't think, you know, he likes to talk of it. He just likes fighting. And I, you have to appreciate that because he's a very, very good fighter. But that hype will soon come as well if he gets a win here, gets another couple of wins, maybe wins the, the welterweight uh, belt with, with cage wires. But I, I feel, I just... I don't know. Some guys are different. I don't. I don't feel like he's the guy who's going to like, you know, wow people with what he says or anything. He just gets in there and he's a good fucking fighter, and that's, maybe that's all you, all you need. But yeah, there, there definitely is a bit of that. Even coming out of this card, I was talking to um, uh, maybe I shouldn't say his name, but I talked to someone yesterday, and they were saying that it feels like Ian Gary is the man of into this card just because of you know that interview and obviously the the backlash that's come from it with all the Bellator fighters coming in at Aaron Chalmers and James Gallagher and all, and there's articles all over the place and everything. So. You know, there's been a lot of hype from me and Gary just because of what was he said. Was it Aaron Chalmers or was it just Aaron Chalmers' Twitter? Oh, it's his manager. Yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not actually Aaron Chalmers. It's his manager. But yeah, it's look. And and before we maybe move on to that, this this main event is you know a lot of people and I asked Reese about it and he was maybe a little bit surprised he got hack and Foss. He wants the best in the world. He wants to to fight them all. He's nine and seven right now. Lost, I think, three of his last four or something like that. Um, a good fighter though, and an interesting fight. Uh, he's a dangerous fighter because he throws big hard shots from the outside and big wheel kicks and things like that. So Reese McKeel have to look out for them. But I feel like if he can get his jab going, push him backwards, land some shots, Reese thinks he's going to take him down as well. So if he can stop that takedown, you'd have to fancy Reese McKee here. That move up to 170, we, you know, we talked about it earlier on the podcast with Darren Till, with Max Holloway, guys moving up and it's it's more difficult to move up. But uh, Reese McKee, I think he struggled so badly with yeah, the first The first fight up as well, and sometimes yeah. it, it can be things that go wrong but it's not exactly the, the stiffest competition so I think it, sh- it, sh- it shouldn't be uh, much of a problem yeah still an experienced guy though and this, you know not, not a bad fight at yeah, all yeah but Reese uh, isn't like you know he's a big guy he's not gonna I don't yeah. think he's gonna be undersized yeah I, I agree uh, and in the the other fight on the cards obviously Ian Gary against uh, Matthias Figlak Bokeis 2-0 this is some <laughs> some more good Ian, uh, Ian Dean matchmaking here Figlak reminds me a little bit of Ian Gary he's a a very athletic, big guy, strong, good everywhere. 
Um, he, I think he's maybe not the technical striker that Ian Gary is. He throws big high knees and big kicks and lots of power with everything. And Gary does that as well. But I think in between it, he's his jab is very good. His wrestling is good. We saw in the in the Sheehan fight there in his uh, pro debut, he was he was very very good in 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 that fight in all areas. Even after the early knockdown, and he I think he broke his hand and he wrestled a lot of that fight as well. So proved he's a well-rounded fighter, and I'd, I'd fancy him to win here. Although Figlak is good, you know, talking to a few people about it, they reckon he has a, a chance here against Gary. So this is yeah, because if you look at his record, okay, the, his pro debut he fought an zero and seven guy, and his, his second fight he fought a seven and thirty guy. Jeez. But if you look at his amateur record. He's undefeated an amateur five and oh. He fought oh and oh, five and one, three and oh, two and oh, four and oh, and he beat all those guys. And he has, like, you know, the guys he fought obviously in his pro career are, are cans, but he guillotined both of them really quickly. You know, he, mm-hmm. there was no messing around. Um, so he, he beat he beats what's in front of him. He, he like if his record is correct here, he's not, never lost an amateur, so he's obviously. You know, has momentum and confidence, uh, just like Ian Gary does. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ian Gary, obviously, uh, you're a big fan of his. He's uh, he, he's only lost once at amateur split decision back in 2018 in Clan Wars, um, but obviously has looked much improved since he obviously you mentioned the Sheehan, uh, the James Sheehan fight, and his last fight. Obviously, uh, he got the finish. So uh, I think it's 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 not an easy matchup. Like uh, they they could easily try and you know. Uh, kind of take the Bama route and give this guy a bunch of cans and try to build him up to his six, seven, eight now or whatever, but uh, they haven't done that. They, they're they giving him a, you know, a early test. Obviously, it's, it's, it's it, the guy is kind of of similar experience, so it's the same for the other guy, but it's, I think, as you said, it is good matchmaking for me and Dean and, and Boylan. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, Joe McCulgan as well, his opponent hasn't been announced yet, so on, uh, as I mentioned at the start of the podcast, that other show... Boylan told you he'd definitely be on the card. Yeah, though, he? he did, yeah, and he said he had an opponent for him, but he couldn't pass his medical, so they had to get someone else, and it'll be announced in the next few days, so it'll be, we're Sunday here, and it's not announced yet, so hopefully he'll be announced before I have time to do a show on, on Tuesday or Wednesday, so yeah, hopefully that'll get announced, so it'll be, it'll be good. Um... What, what do you think, of, you know, the, the, the whole Gary interview and things, do you think that puts a little bit more pressure on him coming into only, only your third fight, you know, with, with lots? Like, what? Who yeah, well, like, her? I think there's a lot of people yeah. who'd like now to, to see him lose. And mm-hmm. um, maybe some people, like, that would get in their heads. Other people, we don't really know what Ian, Gar- Ian Gary's mentality is. Uh, we don't know what most guys' mentalities are. Like, guys say say things and, like, you know, for example, Example like Darren Hill in the lead up to the fight probably wasn't saying after the fight he said oh I was struggling badly and n- nearly fucking thinking of how to fake an injury and get out of this fight. Mm-hmm. He's not saying that before the fight though. You know he's yeah. he's, <laughs> he's he's telling you what he's talking to himself and to you trying to put himself in the right m- mind frame and you just don't know if that's going to affect a guy or not. But it's it's probably an unnecessary thing. But also if he if he does win spectacularly it'll. People will be more people will be interested, and in, if people are emotional either way, like it, it's it's better than not caring at all, as I as I always say. Yeah, like um, he got the he got the Sean Sheehan rub, really, didn't he? You know, a lot, everyone knows who he is now, and there's no denying it. But you 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 know, when you're given that platform, when you're given that situation, you go in and you take it like he did, and make the most of it. That's MMA is not just fighting; it's not just fought inside the cage; it's outside the cage as well, and people. Yeah, if, you, if nobody said anything controversial, it'd, uh, it'd be boring. It'd be very boring. But it also, 
it wouldn't benefit guys like Ian Gary uh, who can talk and can fight as well because they need you know to, to loads stay. of potential matchups as well like in the future yeah. and it can be built off this kind 100%. of thing but what did you think of the 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 whole situation well, I know we've talked about this whole uh, Bellator versus uh, Cage Warriors thing before what, what do you think about the whole uh, battle between Cage Warriors and, uh, and uh, Bellator which way do you think it should go well, like I can understand the, both perspectives. Like, yeah. you know, some guys, like it is harder. Like it's much harder to get out of Bellator and into the UFC than Cage Warriors to the UFC route. Mm-hmm. So, uh, like if you're if you're willing to take less money, like a lot less money in in Cage Warriors, uh, on the belief in yourself that you're going to get to the UFC soon, and you're, you're going to get as Ian Gary said, ten and ten. But if you if you whatever win three fights in a row, you're going to get more and more and more if you keep winning. Um. And you're gonna get kind of more recognition and uh, stuff like that as well. And obviously, most people in Bellator would admit that UFC is the the, the best organization with most best fighters. So it just depends on your perspective, really. Like uh, guys, guys will kind of think, "Oh, I'll make the money now, and I'll worry about getting out of my Bellator contract into the UFC afterwards." But sometimes that can be very hard. Like even somebody who gave a lot to the company in Eddie Alvarez had to go to court and all the 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 finally get out of his contract. Yeah, like I, I can definitely see both sides as well. Like someone like an Ian Gary who started in Cage Warriors uh, as an O&O, you know, came straight out of amateur and went to Cage Warriors, and said, "My only goal here is to get to the UFC. I'm 21 years of age. I've no mortgage, living at home. I've no kids, no nothing. I can afford to maybe you know whatever he's working a job or staying at home or whatever. Get you know get his few grand every year fighting uh, to get to the UFC so he can train nonstop." I don't see anything wrong with that. Like, and I, I think that's a good mindset because we we talked a lot, a lot about uh, uh, the way a fighter should be built to get there, the way they should build themselves. And we we look at you know who who is the example we always look at in Irish MMA. We look at Conor McGregor. How did he get to the UFC? Well, he got there because he didn't have a pot to piss in. Remember that interview with Ariel Wani? I'm sure you remember. You were there in the background, weren't you? He he! What did he have? 15, 16, 70 fights. I guarantee you, he didn't get paid as much as Ian Gary is getting now for any of those fights. And we. We constantly look at McGregor and see where he got there, but we never see how he got there. And that's how he got there. So that's that's the thing about that. But the game has changed. It's not going to always work out the same for, for uh, everyone else. Now, if you're looking at that pat, and that proven pat, they say, which the Bellator people kind of get a little bit triggered by, because it's a proven pat for a certain amount of people. I think it's 93 fighters now have gotten to cage wires. That's not everyone. you know. And maybe you can, you can accuse Graham Boylan of maybe selling lads a dream. That's not realistic for a lot of them. And that, you know, that is probably true. Most of those guys in cagers are not getting there. But if you're a top prospect like an Ian Gary, a top prospect like a Paul Hughes, then I think there's a very realistic path to the UFC from cage warriors. Now, you look at... But like in, in, in fairness, cage warriors, they'll give most guys like fair enough matchups. They won't like bring guys in just to lose. And, yeah, that's uh, true. Like they'll, they'll give you a fair shake most of the time or try to to the best of their abilities. Uh, and if you, if you can if you can keep winning, then... Like you know, the UFC is it can be there. Like it, it yeah. they, like obviously he's not promising everybody. They're not promising everybody. If you quit some of Cage Warriors, you're going to be in the UFC in two years. Like obviously that's completely unrealistic. Yeah, that's uh, yeah, that's true. But I feel like yeah, I don't. I, I agree with that. But I feel like that's what kind of Bellator, the developer side are kind of saying from it. But it's it's an interesting one because if you look at guys going to Cage Warriors and they want to get the yeah, like, to the you UFC. see the Bellator side as well though you see yeah, these I, I, huge, yeah. huge stadium or not stadiums but like arenas mm-hmm. bigger than the like you know the, I don't know what that like what's the name of that arena in Cork is can you remember the Neptune 
Yeah, the Neptune compared to the yeah. the point is completely different, and the pay is completely different, and the, you know, all that stuff. But uh, like, there's, there's arguments both ways, and I think if you sat down coolly and talked normally with these guys, they see both sides as well. Yeah, and I, I, I think, I think they do. Uh, to be honest, because like, if you look at, the, I've talked about the casual side, but if you look at the the Bellator side. You know, there's, and I said this to, to Graham Boyle, and I think I said it to Ian Gary's on those interviews, like, there's only so much damage you can take, there's only so many fights you can have, and why should you not go in there and earn as much money as you can immediately? And I think that's a very, very good argument, if you want to have that argument. Now, if you look at it for a guy, say, like a, like a Peter Queeley, who's, what, like, some, like, 20 fights, and I said, oh, I almost got into the UFC a couple of years ago, it's probably at the, it's probably a as good now as he's ever been and he's at the prime of his career and he needs to get those big fights right now Bellator is the perfect place for him you know they're giving him co-main events they're giving him big fights you know they're bringing Ryan Scope over they're giving him that big miles uh, prize fight it's perfect for him and for maybe guys who are like a Johnny Jitsu who do, you know has uh, what 14 and 15 or, something, or 7 and 15 or something like that who this is the, the biggest opportunity of their career and they're not getting to the UFC it's absolutely huge for them it's huge for lots of Irish MMA fighters like them maybe even the young guys coming through who are not getting to the UFC but need to get the fights to get to you know 5 and 8 or 8 and 3 or whatever you know those, those kind of guys coming through the problem is I think for say like a guy like a James Gallagher or Kiefer Crosby and things and they say they want to be the best in the world and I asked this to Kiefer Crosby the last time when I interviewed him he's like can you do that in Bellator and I think the answer to that if they're to be honest is no so when they're saying they want to be the best in the world and they're, they're in Bellator there's a bit of a there's a bit of a contradiction there but I think that contradiction can be easily fixed by finding your way either out of Bellator or to the very very top of Bellator now, if you find your way out of it, let, let's say James Gallagher goes in there, what's he, like 9-1 and one now, he signs a new 4-5 or five contract, goes to 13-1, and one, and then he says, I want to sign for the UFC right now. Then he, <laughs> then it's perfect, because if you, like, say an Ono fighter signs a 6-5 contract with Bellator now, wins the 6 fights, and then goes to the UFC, they still have the, the joy of Bellator, they still have all the money from Bellator early, and then they can go and prove that they're the best in the UFC. So that's possible, that's possible for James Gallagher, it's possible for Keith Crosby and all of those guys. So it's not just... I, I, I feel like it's but Bellator un- will try to stop that they'll like yeah, put but if you, you sign in the a title fight yeah. and if you if you win that then there's a champions clause and mm-hmm. it triggers yeah. more fights and things like that like there, there is ways to, to keep you there that's the issue because it, it's grand if you have and that's why I say if you sign your six fight contract and you find your six fights fight your six fights win your six fights and have an exit plan but and then I'll get to the, the title thing in a second. But the exit plan is also difficult because if you're James Gallagher and let's say you're I don't know how much he's getting let's say 100 grand a fight right and you have your six fights, you get your 600 grand, and then you go to the UFC, and the UFC offer you 50 grand for your fight, which is, I think is probably realistic. I don't think they're paying big, huge money. Maybe, maybe James Gallagher might be different. Maybe he can change the game a little well, bit. But didn't Jake Shields like, kind of make it public, or Bellator made it public that he wanted out, and then the UFC were like, oh, well, you have no other option. You, you basically burned your bridges now, or yeah. with, with Strike Force, sorry, and uh, we're going to offer you 30 grand. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's Take it. it or leave it. Yeah, Go and fuck that could be an issue for Ian Gary in the future as well if the UFC don't sign him to go to Bellator. But the, the, the problem, like the problem with the exit plan from Bellator, is that they're going to be moving likely for less money if they get to that situation. Now, if they get to the situation where they're a champion, they can't get out because they have the champions clause. And um, would they want to get out anyway? Pro- you know, probably not. But then, if you lose the fight, will the UFC want to sign you, and will it be less money again? So, the, I think the biggest issue with Bellator is they're earning too much money in there. And that's the issue, and they can they kind of can't get out of it so if you're using that to build yourself up to be the best fighter in the world it's a tough thing to do now 
maybe your concern is being the best fighter in Bellator, earning the most money you can, and there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I feel like people are maybe a little bit snobby about that, saying that's oh, that's the wrong thing to do. You should be everyone should want to be the UFC champion. It's not realistic for everyone to want to be the want, want to be the UFC champion. Either, Most but. guys are just thinking, I'll, I'll just keep winning, I'll keep winning, I'll yeah. keep winning, and eventually I'll get to the UFC. And they're not, they're not like you know, they're not thinking too much about it. They're making the money, and they're prize fighters at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not something to be looked down, not looked down on. Like you know, you're putting your health and all that stuff, and all your energy and all your time into this, and you should be paid well. Like uh, and. Be- Bellator pay a lot, lot better, way better than, than Cage Warriors. So, mm-hmm. um, like, uh, Bellator is very important uh, to Irish MMA as well, uh, as well as Cage Warriors is. Mm-hmm. Like these shows, are, are, if these shows weren't happening, these Bellator shows weren't happening, it would be a lot grimmer. Yeah, the Irish MMA scene. Yeah, 100%. Look, it, it's great to see Bellator coming, paying all those guys who never, you know, talking to Will Flurry last time, he was said he was like living in a car at one stage and on. For guys like that to, to be getting the money to, to train uh, more, you know, more fully to train more often to be able to put everything into training it's it's huge and that's going to make them all better, better fighters as well so it's in, it's actually interesting because we're in a situation now where it hasn't been around for that long and we don't know how it's going to go like if James Gallagher gets to 15 or 1 or something like that and he's not a champion and it's the end of his contract will the UFC pay him enough money to come over and fight in the UFC like that's that's when we get to that moment that's going to be interesting or any of the other fighters like or will Bellator just pay as much as they can to keep him? And then they're right to stay for that situation. If you're fucking getting a, a hundred grand of a, of a pay cut to go to the UFC, is it wise to go there? No, maybe you want to go there to, to prove you're the best or whatever. But it's like I, I don't think it's a situation of if you're signing for Bellator, you're you probably end up losing a lot of sponsors as well that you can't get paid as yeah, much for or at all by. You when you, yeah, there's a lot of things going on like uh, yeah. like Bellator. Uh, obviously trying to compete with the UFC but it's very difficult because the, the the three letters are just so synonymous with MMA and casuals and all that just it's it's, it's just everything to them like even the people who follow MMA a lot of the time the UFC is everything to them and um, it's going to be hard, very hard to break that and it's going to be hard very hard for these guys to, be, to reach their goal of being considered the, the best fighter in the world outside the UFC mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that like is. even Demetrius Johnson, people don't even people are like who? Yeah. People have forgotten about him already. Yeah, it's true. It's like I, I it's a, it's a very interesting debate, and I think it's a debate with you know no wrong sides to be honest. And uh, <laughs> it's funny because if you want to be the best and you want to get to the UFC and you go through casuals, you you can do that. If you want to be the best and you want to earn as much money as you can doing that, there's a way to do that through Bellator too, and that maybe the way through Bellator hasn't been paved yet. Um, but it's it's an interesting time coming up and the, the thing about Bellator as well though when they're paying that much money and they talk about and they flaunt how much money they pay like is that sustainable that's a, that's a big issue I think as well for Bellator because it's sustainable probably in Ireland because they're, they're selling out the arena in Ireland but are they selling out every arena in England in Birmingham in London and all that I don't think they are and that's going to be an issue for them because can they keep paying people 100 grand a fight or 30 grand a fight or 15 grand a fight or whatever you are when you're coming up and 1 and or 2 and or whatever and, and sustain that maybe they can while they still have the zone or I don't think Sky Sports are paying them that much but what, what about when this the zone deal goes what about you know if, if they don't uh, fill out the the next Irish card even if they do if they can't fill out a Birmingham card or a, a London card or a Manchester card or whatever then we're in a situation where it's <laughs> we're at an interesting well the contracts are so. probably they can cut these guys and, yeah of course yeah of course but yeah look it's an interesting time over the next while and I'm sure it's a debate which will will rumble on and do you know what isn't it good to see good to see a bit of Irish MMA back at least we fight in Irish MMA where people can give out about one person fighting for this place and another person fighting for the other place and 
era shirts is great to see. I just love the drama, like uh, like the one from Gavin and Stacey. Reminds you the rare old days. It does, doesn't it? It's great. Bring, bring back John Ferguson. That's what we need, isn't it? Haven't heard from him in a while. Yeah, he still owes you money, does he? He owes everyone money. Yeah, he owes everyone money. Yeah, yeah. Right, a couple of questions before we go. Uh, Mark Mooney, uh, what's a better fight for the... Uh, what was better, the fight for the BMF title or the most violent man? What was the most violent man? That was uh, Justin Gaethje versus who? Someone probably just get you fighting. I don't think it was a particularly brilliant fight last night. Um, it was it was all right. Like it was a, it was a good fight, but I th- I think it was kind of a one sided beatdown, just like the, kind of the the wonder boy uh, ever. Um, Christopher Graham, what was your biggest surprise during the main event? What was it for you, Graham? What, what, what did anything surprise you? That maybe apart from the the course, the the, yeah. the, the the stoppage is, is shocking. It's just I didn't even consider it. Yeah. Uh, to me, the biggest shock was probably Diaz. It's just, it's, power. Oh, it's just yeah. but it's just you know you see the, them cuts all the time, and sometimes it is running into the eye, and it's it's bad, or the eye is swelled up really badly, but the, or the eye is barely open. But this wasn't that. That was this was just cosmetic, purely cosmetic damage. Yeah, it was. You know, there was there wasn't there wasn't much in it to be honest. Um, right, last question here, Tiger Elephant. We'll I'll answer all the rest of them over in the Q and A. It'll be out Tuesday morning on Patreon. Sign up patreon.com forward slash severe mail podcast. If you want someone going to these events asking the questions that uh, people want to be asked, I have money for petrol. I need to, to pay for petrol. I need to pay for the Lewis to get in. And you know, there isn't really many other people doing that. So maybe you should support us so we can continue to do it. Patreon.com forward slash severe mail podcast. This is the fucking longest uh, podcast we've ever done. Uh, chances Connor fights in January. Graham, he said he's fighting in January uh, from, from Tiger yeah, Elephant, Dana White. It's a very high chance. I think the UC would like it. Uh, Connor would like it. And Gaethje, Cerrone, or any potential opponent would like it. So I, I don't see why not. Mm, what's your percentage? Obviously, so there's, give us your yeah, percentage. Just completely arbitrary, random percentage. Uh, yeah. Uh, barring like injuries or some, I don't know, uh, 80%. Ooh. Okay, eighty percent. We go with that. We go. Actually, I lied. One last in question. In January. Yeah, in January. January eighteenth. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it'll probably happen at this stage. Look, they, they all seem to be agreed that it's going to happen, so I think it probably will. Uh, last question. We actually didn't mention it earlier. Maybe we did mention it. Thomas Oduvjna. I, I definitely fucked up that name. The thirty twenty seven card for Kelvin Gaslam. Did we mention that earlier on? That was crazy. Yeah, I mentioned, I mentioned it. Oh yeah, yeah. It was, so was absolutely terrible. That was crazy. Uh, nearly as bad as Martin Atkinson. Oh yeah, okay, you did mention it. Yeah, that's why. I forgot. <laughs> How could I you just, forget? I, yeah, I just talked myself out of it. Right, everybody, thank you very much for listening. Really appreciate it. If you're down in Cork, give me a shout. We'll have an old pint afterwards. We'll have a bit of a chat. Um, I think there's like a hundred tickets left or something. Grand Byron said the last day, so it should be uh, it should be fun. Check out the the show over on YouTube during the week if this Joe McGregor fight ever gets announced. And uh, all that's left to do is just talk about Man United. The inspirational quote <laughs> of the week. Be selective in your battles. Sometimes peace is better than being right. We'll see you next Tuesday. Or Sunday or Saturday or Monday.